0: welcome back to podcast 59 of 2023 i'm your host kiev o'neill follow me on twitter at Kiev, follow us at the ozbreakers and follow us on social media slash the ozbreakers this episode is being brought to you by betfred sports for 250 bucks We're the free bets. Please visit the Ozbreakers. Click bet now. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to support the Ozbreakers, and benefit from our premium plays. Please visit theozbreakers.com. Click shop and become a member. Pick any of our winning cappers. Get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. But if nothing else, please visit the Ozbreakers and become a free picks and Telegram subscriber. We have a great show for you today because Will Hill from VEASAN and the Gold Boys Discord is back to talk a little college football we're also going to talk some nfl and some new york sports can't wait to talk to will hill and get his takes on a few games he might even have a few plays but before will hill comes on we have posted our power ratings at the odds breakers those are my power ratings actually uh worked very hard on them daily basis pretty much during the season start them in the summer but it's not like you really stop doing power ratings you kind of filter and change things when you hear things kind of throughout the year but obviously the first few weeks especially here in college football season you're going to get the bigger changes you know compared to the rest of the season so that's important and you know i'm sure i'm off from a lot of those public power ratings out there uh ESPN's FPI, Uh, I'm certainly off from uh, team rankings a bit and probably many other sharp people out there, but I honestly don't care. You know, I don't need to hear about it. I really do not care. That's why, you know, we all have our own systems and look into teams differently when it comes into the season. If we all agreed and the market agreed, we wouldn't be sports betting, right? (laughs) We all have to have our different takes. And I put certain values on some teams Getting players and losing players more than other people for certain positions, and obviously, I put something I put some uh different values for a success history and coaching changes. You know, everyone has their own secret sauce, but uh, you know, towards the end of the year is where you want to be closer to the market, otherwise, it's probably a you problem and not a uh market problem. So, keep in mind, I do need a bigger difference in points uh, from the market than i do later in the season right there is more variance in the the season especially with the transfer portal we should always trade carefully but either way this will always be up on our website updated almost daily uh, especially on sundays and more the mornings when i do my college football power ratings from the saturday games i mean that's going to be the most changes but those will update and it's going to be listed under betting info and trends. College football 2023 power ratings. For premium subscribers, we are not only giving our power ratings on our website, but we are also putting our weekly lines out, adjusted for some injuries as well as win total percentage, right? So you can see a win total and the percentage as the year moves on that changes with their adjustment in power ratings. So, basically, every spread has a money line and a percentage tied to it. Mathematically, you add up the rest of the games and what they did before to get a clear perspective on projections of the final win total. Sometimes you take a win total mid-season, right? So, that's important information for our premium subscribers. And if you'd like to be a premium subscriber, we are still running football 2023 promo extended through September 7th. You get 100 bucks off any capper, including myself, for football packages. You can do all football, NFL only, or college only at the odds breakers. Actually, over the last two or three years, NFL has been my best sport by far. I also bet a lot of props and do a lot of fantasy football, which helps me in the props in order to find value. There's so many props being offered these days. I think that if you do your homework, you should be able to find value in the NFL. Next order of business, we have a listener question. Daniel2257 asked a question. I would have read it in our Monday Mailbag section, but uh, it's better for this show being that I'm actually gonna be covering some of this in an article uh, before Will Hill comes on. He asked if I was gonna do a segment on identifying college football teams that play slow, or I'm sure he meant also to play fast. And I did that segment Uh, last basketball season it went really well and I had an article out while I worked really hard on a coaching change segment for 2023 college football head coaching changes now there's also coordinator changes but I could be talking forever so I want to hit the main ones with the philosophy changes with the head coach so I'm going to go into that as well but uh, first uh, I'm just going to answer Daniel's question by just going over some of the pace numbers from last year you know starting with the fastest teams Ole Miss was the fastest at 20.5 seconds uh, per play and I I, we have a couple calculations that we figure out the amount of seconds per snap it takes from getting from one play to the next that's the true tempo it's not plays per game necessarily because some games will go overtime And some teams just have a much longer time of possession or a much shorter time of possession uh, than other teams as well, which doesn't really show what their real tempo is if they're not playing equal 30 minutes per team per game. Teams that usually play a lot faster have less time of possession per game in general. Tennessee was very successful last year. Had only 25.14 minutes time of possession last year, and they were ranking third in pace of play. But starting with Mississippi, like I said, 20.5 seconds, Oklahoma, 20.6 seconds, Tennessee, 20.8 seconds, Indiana, 20.9 seconds, Texas Tech is fifth at 21.1 seconds, SMU is sixth at 21.3 seconds, Oklahoma State. Is seventh at twenty one point six seven seconds. Kansas or Kent State is eighth at twenty one point seven seconds. But Kent State has a new coach, so this will be changing. Ninth, Georgia Southern at twenty one point eight seconds. Ball State was tenth at twenty two point four seconds. And obviously, teams like Wake Forest, UCLA, uh, are eleventh and twelfth. kind of coming down here some of the usual suspects Arkansas was 19th uh, some of the faster paced teams from last year Uh, let's go to the other end of the spectrum then Uh, slowest teams Air Force was the first slowest at 32 seconds Kentucky second at 31.8 seconds Minnesota third at 31.2 seconds Army fourth at 30.2 seconds New Mexico was 5th at 30.1 seconds, Colorado State 6th at 29.9 seconds, Navy was 7th slowest at 29.8 seconds, Rice was 8th slowest at 29.6 seconds, Yukon was ninth slowest at 29.5 seconds, and Oregon State was 10th slowest at 29.4 seconds. Then you have Wisconsin, UAB, some of the usual suspects, Michigan was pretty slow, probably around 16th or so. Uh, Duke at 17th so so on and so forth these were the slower paced teams but keep in mind here teams like Georgia they played a lot faster in the first half when they were beating teams and they really slow it down at the end because they wanted to uh, get out of there uh, healthy for the next game so whenever you're talking about pace you have to remember how teams uh, beat their opponents piggybacking on Daniel's question we are going to talk about some College football, 2023 coaching and tempo changes. Now, these are projections, right? I don't know for sure. Nobody knows for sure. We just can take educated guesses on this stuff. And don't make a decision on this data from the very first game. Because the first game, lots of variance happens in the first game. You know, I just project this throughout the season in general. Now... If you think you can catch a few lines that might be a little short or a little tall, more power to you. I looked at some of the market. The market actually adjusts for a lot of these already. Some of them probably not enough, but people are treading very lightly in tempo as it is because of the first down clock. uh, Or the clock's not stopping on first down now in college football. I personally think it's been over-adjusted. It's been adjusted about three to four points. I think it should be two to three points personally. I would say mostly four on average. There's some five-point adjustments with some of the faster teams out there as well. So, you know, keep that in mind. Let's start with number one, my Badgers, Luke Fickle, previous head coach at Cincinnati. Speed change, I'm saying slow to fast. Wisconsin was one of the slowest teams in football, ranking 121st in seconds per play. They should be much faster now due to Phil Longo coming in from North Carolina as the offensive quarter, coordinator, who is 26th in tempo. He ran more of an air raid style offense. But even at that, I still think the tempo is going to be a little slower at 35. I think Fickle's going to put a little handcuffs on him at, from time to time uh, to keep it kosher, especially if uh, they're playing a very good defense. You don't want to keep giving... The other teams, uh, lots of possessions. So that's my thoughts on that one. Number two, Jeff Brown from Louisville, head coach from Purdue. Speed change, medium to faster. Jeff Brown's in an offensive mind who really rarely runs the ball. Uh, Louisville was 62nd in tempo from 2022. I expect them to bump that up. I'm projecting 35th in tempo for Louisville this year. Number three, Deion Sanders from Colorado, previous head coach at Jackson State. I'm going to say medium to faster. Coach Prime may have played defense, but he also knows how to get his son, who is quarterback, to push the ball quickly downfield uh, like he did at Jackson State. So uh, I'm going to predict 38th in tempo here for Colorado, which is uh, medium to uh, medium. I would say medium fast. I also think that Colorado is going to have a little sticker shock when uh, they play Division One football. Number four. Jamie Chadwell from Libertyville. Uh, Previous job head coaching, Coastal Carolina speed change. Uh, I put medium to sluggish. Even though Coastal put up a ton of points over the Chadwell years, they only ranked 110th in tempo uh, last year. And it was poor defense and good offense for Chadwell that helped the points. So I project 100th in tempo for Libertyville. Libertyville, that's Illinois. Liberty. And... It's just a situation where you might be able to catch some unders with this uh, team being that Grayson McCall is no more the quarterback for Jamie Chadwell. Number five, Matt Rule from Nebraska, previous head coach, Carolina Panthers. Before that, if you remember, it was Baylor, medium to fast. He played a fast game at Baylor. I expect him to spice it up now that he's back in college football. 28th in tempo is what I project the Cornhuskers to be for and. 23 number six Hugh freeze from Auburn previous job head coach of Liberty speed change slow to medium fast uh Hughes freeze is an offensive mind who will speed it up and pace it up in his games I expect him to keep a pretty good pace like he did at Liberty around 38th in in tempo so Uh, We're going to go 37th in tempo is what I am projecting for 2023. Number seven, Tom Herman from Florida Atlantic, previous job TV analyst slash head coach at Texas from 2020. You Remember Tom Herman before that? He was an OC at Ohio State, and I went from fast to fast. Uh, Not massively fast, but FAU played fast, so it doesn't mean that uh, they're going to speed it up even more because, you know, Tom Herman was kind of like a 23.5 seconds per possession guy at Texas. So FAU ranked 20th in pace last year. I expect a slight slowdown to 26th in tempo for 2023. Number eight, Kenny Dillingham, offense coordinator from Oregon, promoted to Arizona State. So Kenny Dillingham from Arizona State, slow to fast. ASU ranked 101st in tempo last year, but Dilly Dilly knew how to spice it up for some drives at Oregon, ranking 52nd in pace of play. That number's a little deceiving with some of the blowouts that they were involved in. My projection is 43rd in tempo for Arizona State. Number nine, Ryan Walters from Purdue, previous job defense coordinator of Illinois. Speed change, medium fast to medium Illinois defense was amazing last year, and I have to expect that Purdue slows down some, going from the Jeff Brom offense to a new offensive coordinator, Graham Harrell, who did a stint last year at West Virginia before being at USC. I just think that Walters puts the handcuffs on him some because Graham Harrell's a pretty fast-playing coach. But um, uh, it's just it, there's a, it's a big question mark because I think that, the, you know, The coach might want to slow it down. Walters might want to slow it down, while Harrells might want to speed it up some. So uh, Purdue's been playing fast forever. Maybe it's time for a change. I'm going to project 60th in tempo, but this wouldn't surprise me if it's 30th, right? So I think there's just a lot of variance here that can happen uh, with Purdue. Number 10, G.J. Kinney from Texas State, previous job head coach of Incarnate Ward, so the speed change I have is medium to fast. Texas State was 69th in speed last year. And a lot is unknown with how Kinney will play it this year. He does have some SMU roots and was part of a speedy Hawaii team. His last coaching stint at Incarnate Ward got him 12 wins. I still, I think he's going to speed it up there because they put up some points uh over there and with the smu roots 20th in tempo is what i project so the i'm thinking texas state spices it up a little bit number 11 troy taylor from stanford he was the head coach of sacramento state speed change medium to fast stanford was number 56 in pace last year troy taylor's three years at sacramento state was all about the points averaging more than 40 per game from 2022 I think that uh, we're going to get a very big change for Stanford. I see 17th in tempo uh, coming up for 2023. Number 12, Eric Morris from North Texas. Previous job offense coordinator at Washington State. Speed change very fast to medium fast. Eric Morris was the OC at Washington State who ranked 36th in pace. I expect this North Texas team, who used to be a top-paced team, to regress back around uh, 31st. So not a big step back, but North Texas was 16th in pace. This should be around 31st in tempo. Number 13, Kevin Wilson from Tulsa. So Kelvin Wilson was the uh, co-offensive coordinator at Ohio State. The speed change, I'm going medium fast to medium slow. Kevin Wilson did recent stints. At Ohio State, and before that, as an Indiana head coach, I would assume that he keeps a slower pace like Ryan Day did in Columbus, in the kind of like a medium slow. So, 89th in tempo is what I uh, project for uh, Kelvin Wilson in Tulsa. Number 14, Barry Odom from UNLV, previous job defense coordinator from Arkansas. Speed change medium slow to medium. This was a strange hire that this coach uh, didn't find a lot of success uh, in his previous jobs. I mean, Arkansas was terrible on defense. He's a defensive guy with a new offense coordinator. Brennan Marion comes in from Texas, which had a faster pace under Steve Sarkeesian. So that's why I'm going from medium slow to medium. I think he keeps the team in the middle. My projected pace is 66th in tempo. Number 15, Zach Arnett from Mississippi State. Previous job, defense coordinator for Mississippi State. Speed change, medium to medium. After the passing of Mike Leach, uh, D.C., Zach Arnett got promoted to head coach. It's true that Leach did slow his offense down before his tragic passing. He used to be one of the fastest, and he did slow it down some, but Arnett has a defensive mind, and their new offense coordinator, Kevin Barbe, was at Appalachian State and Central Michigan. App State was only 64th in pace last year. I'm going to project 70th in tempo. Number 16, Alex Golish. From UC, USF, South Florida. Previous job, Offense Coordinator of Tennessee. Speed change, slow to very fast. This is one of the biggest changes for 2023. Golesh is a Josh Heupel disciple. You like that? You like that? I mean, this is going to be one of the fastest changes in all of college football. I expect South Florida to run and gun this year, uh, even though it might be losing by a lot of points. It just a very high-paced offense, lots of passing, lots of quick slants. Heupel runs the up-tempo spread, and I expect Goalish to do the same thing. Fifth in tempo is what I am projecting for the South Florida Bulls. Number 17, Brian Newberry from Navy. He was the defensive coordinator in Navy. My speed change, very slow to very slow. (laughs) Nothing big there. Uh, Fire the coach and promote the DC. Uh, It makes no sense to me. I think they kind of did Ken Nui Matololo, a little dirty there. But either way, uh, not a huge change in scheme. Uh, There's going to be a little more passing, but I still expect a slower tempo. You know, And I'm going to project 122nd in tempo for the midshipmen here. And they're still going to keep their uh, option-type schemes more prominent for 2023. Number 18, Scott Satterfield for Cincinnati. He was a previous head coach of Louisville. Speed change, medium to medium. Coming from Louisville, Scott Satterfield's tempo was almost equal to the Bearcats in the mid-60s. We're going to see more quarterback runs, though. I'm going to project 64th in tempo for 2023. Number 19, Brent Key from Georgia Tech. Previous job interim head coach at Georgia Tech. Speed change, medium to medium. Brent Key averaged around 44th in pace last year, and I expect it to slow down some with new offensive coordinator who was an analyst at Georgia in Buster Faulkner. Georgia played slow last year, but you also have to remember they were also up by a lot of points Number 20, Biff Pogi from Charlotte. Previous job, off-field assistant at Michigan. Speed change, medium to slow. Charlotte was 71st in pace, while Biff Pogi comes from Michigan that ranked 121st in pace. I expect a slower game, but this one's not a high confidence level for me. I'll just project 114th in tempo for 2023. Number 21, Lance Taylor from Western Michigan. Previous job, offensive coordinator at Louisville. Speed change, slow to medium. Western Michigan averaged about 91st in tempo last year, while Lance Taylor under Scott Satterfield was in the middle. I'm going to project kind of in the middle at 59th for 2023. Number 22, Kenny Burns for Kent State. Previous job running backs coach for Minnesota. This is another drastic change. Very fast to very slow. Going from a speed guy like Sean Lewis to a gopher's guy like Kenny Burns which last name doesn't justify him, is a massive shift in philosophy. Kent State was eighth in pace last year, as I mentioned in the beginning of this segment, and I expect them to be pretty low for 2023. 123rd in tempo. Uh, Number 23, Tim Beck from Coastal Carolina, previous job offense coordinator at NC State. I'm going to say the speed change will be very slow to slow. Coastal, as mentioned, was 110th in pace when I mentioned it a few uh, minutes ago. Tim Beck from North Carolina State wasn't exactly lighting it up as well. They were 77th in pace at NC State. I'm going to project 106th in tempo for Coastal Carolina. And finally, Trent Dilfer from UAB, previous head coaching job. Lipsum Academy, a high school. The speed change, very slow to slow. One of the strangest hires in football brings in Trent Dilfer, who has zero college coaching experience. I have to assume slow, but it isn't like UAB played fast at 120th in pace last year. I'm just going to take a shot and say 85th in tempo. This could be completely wrong, but another low confidence situation. But I also have low confidence in Trent Dilfer right now as a coach think it's a big step up going from high school with zero college experience at UAB. So there you have it, my friends. I'm gonna have this article out Thursday or Friday so you can kind of take a little bit of a dive into it if you missed any of this or obviously it's very hard to take notes but put some work into this and uh, hopefully this helps you win some totals. This segment was brought to you by AG1. Why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder in water once a day? Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food-sourced ingredients of high quality that give me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier-looking skin, hair, and nails. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1. Get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash or click on our podcast episode description. Now for our next wonderful guest, Mr. Will Hill from VEASAN and the Gold Boys Discord. Now I'm very excited to welcome back a great sports better and good friend of the show, and Mr. Will Hill from VEASAN and the Gold Boys Discord. You can follow him on Twitter at not the Will Hill. Will Thanks for coming back on the show. Last time I had you on, you were on that incredible run during March Madness, my friend. How was your summer?
1: It was good. Yeah, it's hard to believe. Like it seems like a while ago, but it seems like ten minutes ago at the same time. I think you know, as you get older, the time just goes by so fast. It felt like summer was here and it was gone. Like Fourth of July feels like ten minutes ago, but it's a great time of the year. I mean, this is really one of the better times of the year. Football starting, baseball pennant races. This is it's it really it's if you're betting and betting seriously. There's just there's not enough hours of the days we were talking about off the air. I mean, there's just so much the handicap. There's so many markets now, so many movie parts, but it's fun, man. I'm excited. We get uh, college football in full swing now, and NFL shortly after, and
0: uh, I'm excited. Oh, me too. I'm I'm so jack for NFL, man, and, and college already kind of started last week with week zero. Uh, a couple interesting games. Uh, it was uh, eh, a little anticlimactic. I mean, Notre Dame just blew the heck out of Navy. I mean, <laughs> that game was even close, you know. And that was a supposedly to, uh, total drama. That's the only
1: thing that had total drama depending and, on the number you got.
0: And I was going for a middle, so uh, I was. Oh, uh, me too, uh, man! Yeah, for not yeah. for not
1: a for not a small amount of money too. And first and go with the four. I was just I was. Man, this is so good. This is too good to be true. Then before you know it, the holding penalty, and you know, Navy's not meant to overcome those. I'm assuming it was a holding penalty because I was um, I was flying, but I was just watching the uh the game cast first and goal from the four, all excited, then second and goal from the 14 or whatever. And I was like, uh oh. It was either a sack or a holding, and they ended up settling for a field goal, which was frustrating because that was a wide open middle, it was right there for
0: us. Yeah, I was in the circa pool watching with the wife, and you know, as soon as that got 35-0, I tweeted out, I'm gonna try to middle my 48 and a half. And world to the wise, guys, if ever a team is 35 to nothing and it, it, obviously it's pacing over early in the third, you take that live under because you know what's happening in the fourth quarter. They're dogging it. Uh, the other team obviously couldn't score against this uh, defense anyway. Uh, it, it's not like they're going to put up another 20 or 30 points. It's uh, one of those situations where I made a full hedge over under 53, to try to hit that over 48 and a half. And yes, if they got that touchdown, man, I come on. Yeah. You know, I'm watching like people are like wondering, like I think I was a Navy fan looking, just praying for points or something that they took the three to not get the blowout, you know, which is, you know, one of those situations where like, well, (laughs) thanks a lot guys really appreciate it. But, uh, here we are, uh, week one, a lot more games. It's still not completely football season, but Hey, we got some big games. I'm real excited about it. Uh, uh, ready to talk with you about uh, this big week, my man. But first, baseball. I mean, what the hell happened in New York? I think when I talked to you, we are talking season win tolls and stuff like that, but I didn't expect to see both teams kind of in the dumps right now.
1: They're different, um, and, and I grew up a Yankee fan, so I'm a little harder on the Yankees. The Yankees, in 2017, were in the ALCS up 3-2, one game away from going to World Series with a young team, an exciting team. And they had Stanton the next year, but they really didn't do a lot after. After that, the polling years, they passed on Harper, Machado. They passed on so many opportunities to improve the talent. And, you know, they're beholden to this luxury tax. They don't want to spend too much money. They still spend a lot, but they don't want to – you know, it's not like the George Steinbrenner teams where they're just going to overpower everybody with with their wallet. So that's caught up to them because, you know, Judge, it cost a lot of money to retain him. They didn't extend him while they had the chance, so they had to really pay top dollar for him. They paid for Cole. And there's just they didn't really improve around the margins. They went cheap with like Rizzo instead of Freddie Freeman. They went cheap at shortstop. It's just not a great team, and it's a shame because they're wasting you know Judge's prime, Cole's prime. These guys aren't going to be great and in in their prime, youngish forever. And you you get an aside young season out of Cole judge is hurt judge has always been hurt except for last year and you know last year was really the exception so there's just not a lot of talent there and you got to think either cashman or boone one of them they they both can't be back somebody's got to pay the price for this my guess is it's probably boone and cashman comes back but yanks don't like missing the playoffs you know they don't they haven't gone all out to win recently but they like they don't like that ballpark being empty september october because that is money down the drain and Let's face it, once September starts, school starts, football's back. The Yankees are an afterthought. They've been an afterthought. That's going to be a, a bad look for the Yankees where that bi- building's half empty here in September playing meaningless games. So it's been a disaster. As for the Mets, I can't kill them as much. You know what? They, When Cohen took over you know, a, a couple off seasons ago, they were in a tough spot. They didn't have a lot of talent. The only chance for them to win was to take a chance on older pitchers. Scherzer a couple years ago, Verlander this past season, and hope for the best. Hope they stayed healthy. Hope they still had enough left in, in the tank. It generally worked last year, won 101 games. It didn't work this year, and they said, you know what? We'll pivot. We're not near, we're we're nowhere near the Braves. We're not winning. We're not going to fool ourselves into going for a wild card, which they weren't that far out when they traded these guys. They could have made a you know added a couple guys and made a a, a fake run at a wild card spot, but they did. I think the right thing. I think the smart thing said, you know what? We'll take our hits here. You guys can kill us for having a, a high payroll, not making the playoffs, tanking all this stuff, but we're going to collect prospects. We're going to pay off some of the, these contracts. We're going to take you know we're going to trade Scherzer for. A young player that looks like he, he could be a good player down the road. Same thing with Verlander, and we're going to regroup here. We'll be we'll be back. We'll be heard from in a couple of years. So Atlanta's just on a different level for them. I think what the Mets did was smart. They just look Scherzer and Verlander were going to take them as far as they were going to go, and they didn't have anything left. So Mets Mets at least have a plan. The Yankees are sort of rudderless right now. I don't know what the Yankees' plan is. I don't know if they have a plan. They're not a player or two away from competing either. And you look at the free agents; it's not like they're going to oh just add this guy and that guy and they're going to be back. They're they're not very close. So Mets are not in good position in terms of winning next year. They're not going to be a contender next year. They don't have enough pitching, but they they at least have a brighter outlook. They at least have a plan, a direction in terms of where they're going.
0: That's true. It's hard to fault a team that had to work their way back. than a team that's always been up there, like the Yankees. I do agree with that. And it seems like, uh, they have some dead money there, you know. Um, I, I Judge is definitely the retainable guy. I, Stanton's just dead money, you know. There's, yep. not, there's not a lot you can do with that. But they do have the money, at least, if it comes to uh, the situation. But with no farm system, and I, I don't know a ton about the Yankees farm system, um, you know, you, you get a little worried. And uh, it, that means you're always paying for guys. And that could be right uh, a little tough down the road. But it's just a strange thing to see after 101 wins, like you said last year, and the Yankees on the verge from the – certainly both make the playoffs baltimore certainly stole a lot stole a lot of wins and uh, they're not winning today but uh, that was an easy season win total that was uh, already as hit for us so was pretty excited about hitting ball Good call right last there last week yeah. Good call. yeah that was uh that was one of them I'm still waiting on a few more but we'll pivot Mets over that's underclinched
1: too Mets Mets under clinched a couple a few <laughs> days ago or something that's is <laughs> officially a winner they were 92 93 depending upon when and where you got it but yeah. they are they are not going
0: over that is breaking news that's right we still we're still in August and uh the underclinch is so that is yeah. bad news my friend well yeah. let's move into a little New York football man so the Jets right uh lots of hype i know you're not a jets fan you're a viking fan but you obviously living in connecticut you are uh, very in tune to the giants and the jets uh, and, you know a lot of people uh, i hear some sharper people kind of saying pump the brakes on them a lot, there's a lot of aaron Rodgers hype uh i'm gonna ask you is the hype warranted or for real or do you have more of a pessimistic approach to the new york jets
1: i am actually all in on the jets and i I hear most people talk about the Jets, and I hear a lot of like what you just said, where it's like, oh, it's a lot of hype. I don't know that it's a lot of hype. I think more people's opinion is oh, it's not gonna work. You know what it is. People don't like Rogers. People want to root against Rogers, whether it's you know political stuff and vaccines or he's arrogant. He's actually come off pretty well, I think, on hard knocks. Now that's you know, that's uh he knows he's in front of the ca- he's, he knows he's in front of the camera and he's played well to it. But but I just think people want to root against them. I actually think they are set up really well here. They, now the schedule's tough, the schedule's really tough. But this team last year was 7-4, and four, I think, and Barrios dropped the ball in the end zone in Minnesota would have made, made him 8-4. and four. Right. They probably had the worst quarterback play in the entire league last year. Yeah, exactly. Now you're going to have Rodgers. All right, so let's just say he's older now. What, 8th, 10th, 12th best quarterback? That's still a massive upgrade from what they had. You know, Brees Hall gets hurt. He was going to be rookie of the year. All right, Garrett Wilson steps up. He's rookie of the year. Sauce Gardner on the other side of the ball is rookie of the year. They were second in the league last year. Yards per play allowed defensively, yards, uh, points per points allowed per game defensively. So this is a really good defense. They add Rodgers, who just needs to be pretty good on offense. Uh, and the jets look jets fans have not had a lot of success. So if they made the playoffs, won a game and lost in the second round, it's not going to be a disaster. Jets would be thrilled to have a, a game in the middle of January, you know, against the chiefs in the division round. But whatever happens from there is just gravy. So I think this is a playoff team. Again, nothing's easy in the AFC. Nothing's easy in the AFC East. But to me, this is a 10, 11 win team. Toss-up to win the division. Uh, I I guess you favored Buffalo, but I'll actually pick the Jets. I think they're the best bet in terms of the value to win that division. And I think the Jets are going to be playing into January. I think it's going to work. I think they're a legit contender. And to take it one step further, look, I was pounding my fist all year last year for Dable Coach of the Year. I know how these narratives work. If Salah can get this team to 11 wins in the playoffs, we saw it with Mike Brown and the Kings. We saw you know, Dable last year. The Giants haven't been good forever. Salah will be a big time front runner for Coach of the Year. I know people say, oh, Rodgers will get the credit. People like the story. People like the fact they haven't made the playoffs in 12 years. It's the longest drought in North American sports now. The fact, the losing team that's been bad forever, that finally wins, that coach always gets recognition for coach of the year. So Salah, 16 to 1, 18 to 1 coach of the year. I think is very live here. I think the Jets are going to be really good.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, Salah, wow, uh, Coach of the Year. Um, that that could happen if Rodgers does not get a reward because it, they they like to reward somebody in, in some cases. Yes. If the team does well and they're not giving the MVP to the quarterback or something, they'll find another reason right. to do that. If there's no rookie of the year, obviously, Brees, Brees Hall last year was uh, you know the big uh, front runner for a while, and then uh, there was just Carter's already been a rookie. It it just seems like that could happen. So I I don't disagree with that at all. What's that? What'd you say? 18 to one, 20 to one? Yeah.
1: 16 to one, 18 to one shop around. I think the 20 to one. ones are gone so in that 16 16 we'll call it 16 to
0: 1. I like that look they have a hard six games at first but uh you know what a lot of people people say wait till after the six games well what if they go five and one in the first six games too forget it you know it's like it's there's two mindsets here now I say that you know it's gonna be tough and I'd be happy with three and three if they uh, get out of that three and three if I'm a Jets fan realistically uh, out of that I mean Kansas City you got Buffalo you got uh some tough games uh, I'd be happy with three and three if I was a Jets fan, but anything above that is gravy. And that could and, and the books will know that. The market's gonna know that. Uh they're the last half of the schedule is certainly where you want to be at. Uh, Giants, man, what, what do you think? Can they make another playoff run here? They're kind of like a little bit overrated. Uh, maybe not quite as much as a thirteen win Vikings team, but still they were <laughs> a little bit overrated last year, I thought, uh, coming in. But it was also good coaching by Dayball because, you know, he it was him uh being a big part of those offensive drives that had them win those games and they won a lot of one score games. But do you think this is repeatable in a very tough division with the Cowboys and the Eagles?
1: I do not. I think they are a major regression candidate. I actually suggested them before Arizona tore it down. I hate Giants 30 to one to worst records not a terrible bet because Jones was healthy last year, but he's had a history of getting hurt. He's a running quarterback. And I followed him closely last year, having those Dable Coach of the Year tickets. And the reason I thought he deserved it, there was no talent on that team. It was all close games. You know, Titans miss a field goal. This team misses a field goal. It was all close games and a soft schedule. That schedule turns this year. Obviously, you get the four games against the Cowboys and the Eagles. You'd probably be lucky to get one of those four games. Maybe you split with Washington. So that's probably two two and four, one and five. Uh, they play the AFC. It's a really, really tough schedule. It was easy last year. They got lucky in close games. I think they are a major regression candidate. Now, they're going to be well-coached. Dable and even Kafko, I think, will be somebody's head coach down the road here. But, man, you got a quarterback that's injury-prone that likes to run, a running back that's older that's probably not happy with his contract. It's basically the same team as last year. I mean, last year I think, was fool's gold. They came in in a bad cap situation, and everyone just assumed, all right, five, six wins, whatever. And they overachieved. They even won a playoff game. But... I don't think it's happening again. I would actually lay. I think there was a minus 170, minus 180 for them to miss the playoffs. I don't know if that number's gone. That's a cheap price to me. I don't think they're a playoff team. The eights are gone. I don't like playing under seven and a half when I couldn't add under eight, but Certainly wouldn't play the over. I think they're a major, major regression candidate. They're taking a couple steps back this year.
0: Well, the market agrees with you, uh, and they have some serious un- unproven receivers right there. Paris Campbell, he didn't do anything with the Colts. You know, there's uh, did you know in the highlights like a, a sleeper in fantasy drafts? I actually grabbed him yeah. last night. But uh, it's, it's just uh, Washington's still banged up, right? Is he gonna start the season? I, I don't even think so. And Waller's
1: good, but Waller needs to play. I mean, Waller looks to part here in the preseason, but Waller misses a ton of games. So, you, I mean, Waller's basically like a, a receiver, even though he's called the tight end, but you're gonna need to keep Waller on the field.
0: Oh, right, yeah, right. And he had a bad ending to that uh, Raiders uh, stint, you know, he was uh. It's more than a stint. Obviously, he was there a long time, but it was a bad, some bad blood there on their breakup. So you wonder, you know, you always wonder if it's him or the Raiders. You never know for sure, and a lot of times it's both. But still, it's always ugly to see some of that stuff. Uh, yeah, um, the market agrees. Uh, seven and a half. I definitely didn't bet the over on the Giants. I think they might be meddling at some point, but uh, we'll. That, uh, ATS is kind of where I'm more focused uh, week to week on this team and how I'm going to approach them. Uh, let's get into some college football baby because there's some fun games coming up this weekend and we each pick two you happen to pick two that i have two plays in so i'm really excited to see whether we agree or disagree on them i'm gonna let you start here with nc state versus uconn uconn's 14 and a half kind of sliding down to 14 in some spots yeah 14 uh, half are disappearing yeah number 46.5 now that's disappearing hopefully people can uh You know, jump on it if they decide to make a play based upon what you have to say. What do you got for this game?
1: I play the UConn. Um, Again, I would still play at 14 and a half. At 14, it gets dicey. This has been all UConn money coming in. And I can see why NC State, who I actually like as a program, I think this could be maybe a breakthrough year for them. It's just there's a lot – there's a lack of continuity. New offensive uh, coordinator, new quarterback – They lose a lot of their receivers. They weren't a great running team last year, so it's not a great rushing, like offensive line. And I just think this is going to be sort of a low scoring, grimy game where that NC State defense gives people trouble. I could see, like, I don't know, a 27 13 type of game. I just think the 14 and a half is very valuable in a game that I think is low scoring. UConn was one of the great coaching jobs in the season last year. We talked about Dable doing less with more, doing more with less. Um, I mean, what Mora did at UConn is one of the great jobs because where they were a couple years ago where there was talk they would relegate the program into what they did last year was really impressive. So I think this is close. I think it's a little scoring. And I, I can't get out the under now. I mean, it was 50 a week or so ago, a couple weeks ago. We're down to 47 now, 46 and a half. So that's really cutting it close. But I will still stick with UConn plus the points. I'm curious where
0: your head's at with this game. I took U- I took UConn plus the points. I took plus 15 when it was at yeah. the 15. And uh, so we have some agreement here. Uh, out is Devin Leary, as you said. Uh, Virginia transfer Brendan Armstrong is interesting. Um, he was good in a better system uh, from 2021. Had a really bad year last year, but it doesn't mean that it's going to automatically be fixed so quickly this year. Uh, you know, new quarterback, new system. Uh, they lost a lot of guys there. This NC State team was minus 1.15 uh, yards per play. Just average in returning production, but nothing big in the transfer portal. You know, now these days, if you want to kind of keep going, I'd like to see you ranked in the top 35 or something in the transfer portal. But, you know, you're not getting any transfers there. Um, and, and you have UConn with Jim Mora, who is a big-name head coach. You know, he's been – to the big games. And last year they got a little taste of that upset, beating Boston college and, uh, in Fresno state last year. I know it was out Jake Jake Hayner, but still this was Jim Morris first year. Great returning production. Um, they ranked number six in returning production this year. The quarterback play should be better. I think it's too many points for a team that has, uh, upset on their minds they've done it already and they're at home you know uh low total you always want to take the dog too that thing's coming down for a reason and that's going to drive the point spread down it wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't be shocked if it gets down to 13 and a half with this 46.5 total either so um that's interesting i'm not, I'm not saying i'd like it at 14 but i certainly liked it at 14 and a half and 15 so we have total agreement there will nebraska versus minnesota i picked this game. Minnesota's minus seven, and the total is very low at 43.5. Well, this low total probably triggered that seven and a half being gone. And to be honest with you, I've been hemming and hawing about this uh, spread for the last few weeks, uh, Will. You know, here's the thing. In Nebraska, I'm high on them with Matt Rule and uh, Sims, their new quarterback. But it's really hard to bet on them the first week because, I, just, you know, it, all the first weeks they've had just seem to be in just – disarray you know especially last year against northwestern it's just yeah it's it's just like i could see betting this and then just them just getting smoked being them it's the name sometimes and it's also just it's hard to explain you got the new coach and matt rule but he wasn't exactly the greatest new coach the very beginning of his temple days and his baylor days now in carolina obviously that's the nfl and something a little bit different but I if if it goes back to seven and a half for whatever reason, I'd probably be forced to take it. I don't think it's gonna go back. But the reason I would, Will, is because Tanner Morgan's gone and he's been there a long time and he was their quarterback, right? Now they got a guy named Ethan, I think it's Kaliki Manis. I think that sounds like a, I think that sounds like a, a Christmas song. Kaliki Manis. I, I I don't know. It's just very strange to me. Um he did well, he didn't do well 54% last year. So whenever he came in for Morgan, he wasn't all that great. The Gophers have had better line play, and they're like a team that's above average in everything but not great at anything, it seems. But they've had a lot of turnover there, too. P.J. Fleck rode the boat. Looking at their history, Nebraska's been beating this team by seven points the last few times, so it's almost a perfect spread now at seven. I'm going to stay away from it, but I did want to talk about it a little bit. Um, being that there's so much change with these programs, Will.
1: I would actually play an over now, and I don't want to play overs here week one, week zero with the new rules. I, I like under, especially early in the year, these teams don't have preseason games. It's not like the NFL where they you know, they, they get to sharpen their knives a little bit. I think Minnesota's not going to be as good on defense. They lost a lot of talent, especially in the secondary. And I think they – here's the thing. I think they have to get more modern. They have to evolve on offense because they basically – you know, been a service academy they run the ball what 70 percent of the time so i think there's gonna be an emphasis throwing the ball more throwing the ball more effectively and they're not gonna be good on defense plus the totals come down i mean i think it was, it was 47 48 then down to 45 because well, down down the 20 40, mile 30, per hour
0: wins the 20 more mile per hour wins and that's why it's, there you it's go that ahead. might be that that would probably keep me off the over then directionally
1: i think minnesota might be an over team just because i think they're not as good on defense and they're going to throw the ball more but hey I, I didn't look into the weather that's a good uh A good pickup by you so that would probably keep me off it but i think minnesota in general be an over team i actually haven't played a minnesota under for season wins but that would be the way i would go i just don't think there's good on defense anymore
0: yeah, that's. I mean, I I would have certainly looked at this over if I didn't look at the wind earlier myself. So yeah, it's like one of those situations you start capping it. and They're like, wait a second, you find uh, you find the win at this situation. I I hate wind uh, more than rain. I think uh, people should know that that listen to this show. But if you're new to this show, wind definitely affects totals more than rain, being that's just so hard to throw the uh, throw the ball and team stack the box. But that doesn't mean that games have not gone over just because of newer defense, newer schemes. Uh, not being able to gel right away, younger kids, you know, that that still could happen. Uh, it's too low for me to bet, for sure. I'm not betting under 43 and a half, under 44 and a half. Uh, if, if it was back over 45, maybe I would consider something like that, just due to the wind. But uh, it's a situation where I think 7.5, if you can find that, I would certainly give you a strong lean to Nebraska. But it's just one of those situations. You take Nebraska seven and a half, they lose by 10. It would not be shocking to me yeah. to see that happen. Let's move on to the next game then. Uh, and one of the ones you picked uh central michigan versus michigan state and sparty is minus 14 and a half and the total is 45 and a half what do you have for this one
1: i like central michigan make sure you get the 14 and a half there's some 14s out there there's some 14 and a halves. obviously that's yeah, all the difference in the world with a key number with the hook so you want to be able to win instead of push you want to are you yeah you want to win instead of push obviously so uh, i'm just looking to fade michigan state pretty much all year i mean uh Look, ninety-eight million dollars doesn't get it get you what it used to uh, with with the coaching here. I mean, he got he signed at the right time. He owes Ken Walker, a big part of that that salary because this program is just a disaster. They have holes all over the team, and I think Central Michigan. Look, they weren't good last year at all. But uh, McElwain's one of the better coaches, I think, at this level. He tends to not have two bad seasons in a row. They look. If you look at them last year, a lot of bad luck with turnovers. I mean, not all. When, when you're a bad team, you're going to turn it over more than a good team, obviously, but. Minus 18, I think they were in turnovers. They were minus in turnovers in every game, or I, I should phrase that differently. They were not plus turnovers in every game. So they were either minus or neutral in every game. So that tends to even out a little bit. They're not bad on defense. Should be a little bit better on offense. 14 and a half with this Michigan State team is a lot of points. I'll take them here with uh, with the
0: Chippewas. All right, man. Well, you know, I guess great minds because uh, that's where I went to. Uh, Got to create the dog here. And it's just – uh, a lot of things happen over the offseason, especially with the transfer portal the last couple of years. It keeps getting worse and worse. And teams keep changing a little bit more, which puts a lot of more variance into these early games. But that's kind of when I look for teams to fade rather than just teams to back. And Michigan State is certainly on that list, just like yours. Uh, for me, Will, um, uh, there's a few teams out there that you got to keep fading until you see something different. And I do agree, Mel Tucker, being a Bears fan, watching him get hired from the worst defense on the Jaguars, they bring him to the Bears like something's going to change. And then he had like the 30-second defense in the NFL. I'm like, how does this guy have a job? Then all of a sudden Michigan State happens, and he struck gold with some coordinators and some transfers. And that's what it was. It was coordinators and transfers. It wasn't him. And now uh, he's stuck. in Peyton Thorne, transferring at the last minute you know was that June or something he transferred like May or June that's late for a quarterback and so now Mel Tucker is not announcing even the quarterback he has well what I said in the last show I said if you're if if the team or the uh, beat writers don't know which quarterback it's going to be it means they don't have a quarterback obviously there's no hype going on right now and if it was a great competition you'd be hearing more about it um I I just can't bet on a team that showed this bad last year, uh, especially when they lost their best player on the team, which was Peyton Thorne who went to Auburn, which is another team I don't love. But Central Michigan, at least they return 80% of their defense. It's not like their defense was good, but maybe these kids grow up a little bit, get a little stronger. They did have a young defense last year. And Jim McElwain is a big-name coach. He coached at Florida a little bit. So it's not like he hasn't played against big competition in the past.
1: He's been in SEC title games. I mean, look, it's, you, don't, you don't just wake up in the SEC title game. That's a hard game to get to, and he's been there most. Multiple times, which it seems like a long time ago because it's been so Georgia Bama dominated. But look, he, he played,
0: he coached in at least I think at least two of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's just the pedigree that we're betting on. We're betting on Jim Mora. We're betting on Jim McElwain. The two gyms. <laughs> and uh, hopefully that uh, you know experience is kind of what you're bringing in. You're getting two touchdown dogs. Well, one of them that we have obviously is a home dog, and one of them is from the same state. Don't you don't think these kids? Didn't think about Michigan State right. you know, point. before, and uh, now they want to definitely put it to their buddies that played with them in high school uh, and show them a few things. So I, I love uh, some of these situations where they come up. I grabbed the 14 and a half, and I think, just like you said, it'll be down to 14 uh, very soon. Some of them are already showing 14, so yeah. There you go. So let's move on to the next game, and we're just going to talk about one more game, lsu Versus Florida State, Florida State plus two and a half, total 56 and a half. And I'm telling you, this thing's leaning more and more towards LSU. This is going to be a Camping World Stadium there and uh, right in Florida. And there's going to be plenty of LSU fans there, too. It's not like I'm going to give Florida State anything major for home advantage. But I will say that it is creeping up towards LSU. Both teams are just I mean, mean, both teams are massively hyped. These uh, Florida State is more hyped than Clemson in the ACC this year. With how good Jordan Travis has done, and LSU, I, I I could argue with Daniels. There is as hyped as Alabama, or probably even maybe even a little right. bit more in some ways. So um, all, you know, all the noise is going their direction because well, they did win it in 2019. Uh, Bama hasn't won it much since then. It was Georgia. You know, it's a it's a situation where both of them did amazing in the transfer portal. They're ranked really high in the transfer portal. All five offensive linemen are back for LSU. Uh, both teams return a ton of production. It's almost like you can kind of go by some of the stats from last year, you know, and uh, sometimes I like to do that. Uh, offensive success rate for LSU is 10th in the nation, 16th for Florida state. Uh, defensive success rate, 36 for LSU, uh, 56 for Florida state. Now, LSU, one one yard per play, but they had the much harder schedule ranking 13th on Sagarin. Florida State was two yards per play, 2.12, 51st rated schedule on Sagarin, had the easier schedule. It's going to be an amazing game. And what's so funny is that their win total is so conditioned on this first game. You know, it's like, how fast do you think the market adjusts? I think pretty fast. You have to think that everyone would assume this, but, you know, it's going to move. These teams a half point minimum uh, up or down just from this game itself uh, coming into the next week for their win total. The only thing that really worries me about LSU is I, I've seen Daniel struggle in some situations. It did take them a little bit of luck to beat Alabama at home. They did force overtime. It was just a very tough environment for Alabama. They don't they're not that explosive. They're only 112th in explosive plays. Um, while Florida State ranks 16th in offensive explosive this. Um, And on the defensive side of the ball, uh, defensive line was kind of struggling at Florida State, ranking only 111th in defensive line yards, while LSU's defensive line was better. LSU has the better defense. Can Florida State and Norvell scheme their way kind of around that uh, with that running quarterback? It's just going to be such an interesting game. Uh, The total is pretty high. Um, I'm excited as hell to watch it, but I am not going to place a bet unless this goes to a pretty even three, I think it might go back to a three by game time. I would, I would, I would probably bet Florida state if that was the case, just because my number is two and Florida state, I feel is very closely power rated. You know, I have two point difference. Three is a key number, but it would be a last minute decision. If I make it, I'm not saying I would for sure. What do you think? Will
1: I, I am seeing a three, um, you know you make a good point never take two and a half until you unless you absolutely have to because you might get a three and if you do that's the big difference between hey if it goes from two and a half to two you live with it most games aren't going to land on two it's a very uncommon number especially in college maybe a little more so with the overtime now but you get the point you'd rather have the three if it goes to two you live with it so there are some threes starting to pop up um i i see one now the under's gotten some money which i can understand i think big game you know we see this in a super a lot big game there's a feeling out process hey let's not not lose it early this is big for our playoff hopes there's some nerves let's be a little conservative you know we're not going to be be ultra aggressive here let's not lose it right away if it's third and forever let's not you know have a turnover let's just check it down punt live for another day so that kind of thing so right. uh, i could see the sentiment towards the under just in general with lsu you hinted at it i think the ball bounced their way a little bit last year whether it was alabama arkansas auburn i mean they had a bunch they had some good luck in some low scoring games so i think that's driving this hype a little bit that being said, I mean, I like the continuity. You bring back the coach, you bring back the quarterback, you bring back both coordinators. Not a lot of teams can say that in this world of college football where everybody's changing teams every 10 minutes. So that I like. Um, if I had to play it, I would take the three and I would play the under.
0: Yeah, this is a Sunday game, a uh, standalone game. And, uh, yeah, is it a juice three you saw or is it more? Minus 112. Okay, minus 112. I'm I'm st- I'm looking on my ad screen too um a couple of those like distant i don't know am i allowed to
1: say the book or no
0: yeah go ahead bet rivers bet rivers okay well bet rivers is a quick adjuster um it's starting to move in some of the offshores as well uh some of these books i haven't heard of but <laughs> you're gonna get some of that but um
1: there's a lot of that too when people are like oh I, you know bet this where is that oh this you know uh, whatever <laughs> bet.
0: Like, i don't know what that is i've never heard of that Bet's 365 is usually a decent one i do see it at bet rivers minus 111 now at bet rivers so i do see it uh it's uh yeah i mean i wonder if it gets gobbled up and it goes back down to two and a half um i i some people have access to bet rivers or uh, we actually have bet rivers on our website. If you ever want to do get a promo yep. it's on our bet. Now link, but uh, I, just like I said, um, it, it would not be, it's not like you're super excited to take it at three, but I do see Jordan Travis making this game close. It could backdoor easily to three or something better for you. Um, this could be a one possession game. Uh, certainly at the end of this game, a total 50, Five and a half at FanDuel, fifty-eight at points bet. So that's a pretty big difference. You know, that's almost huge. Almost worth a middle. Take a look at something like that. Um, it is. That is
1: especially fifty-seven, fifty-eight. Those are those are key numbers. That's absolutely fifty-six, fifty-seven, those are key numbers. That's a huge middle.
0: Yeah, that is a nice middle. If uh, you can get both books on that. So look for middles also early in this college football season. You can yeah. definitely uh get some opportunity there. Well, let's pivot to football. Well, NFL football, I like to say. And uh, now I know it's early, but you got to just kind of touch on the lines here. I'm going to share my Bet Fred Odds screen here and uh, just kind of like just do a quick discussion on it. I don't think, unless you have some uh, serious thoughts or uh, a play you like to do, you know, just I like just talking like it from a high level on some of this. You got Detroit versus Kansas City starting out here, and uh, six and a half is the spread. Uh Kansas City minus six and a half. This kind of was at seven at one point. Uh the total is at fifty-four. Now, to be honest with you, I don't have Detroit that much worse than can well, okay. i I have Kansas City's my best team. Uh you know, I have them as best. But early in the season, my power rings are definitely more uh tighter together than they are later as more conservative. I know what you mean. Yeah, for sure. They're more scrunched up and uh in this situation, it's I'm not there. I'm probably around four, four and a half personally, but it's not a massive percentage difference uh, for me to make a bet. And, I'm, and it's just one of those situations, like you said earlier, why take six and a half or maybe you get seven later, right? It's just sure. how you sports bet. So, you know, my, my opinion is that the Lions – Uh, are a a team that could easily backdoor anybody. They have a great offense. Sure, their defense hasn't always been great, but Kansas City has some problems with Jones sitting there on the IR and some of their better players that they lost from last year. I'm not 100% on Kansas City Chiefs defense, especially in a hangover Super Bowl year. This is kind of Detroit's way of saying, we missed the playoffs, but we beat the Packers. We kind of should have been in the playoffs if the Rams didn't get whatever out of that Seattle game, if everybody remembers, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a strong lean to Lions.
1: I bet the over. I mean, it's moved. I still wouldn't bet the under here. I think this is, you know, 34-24, that kind of game. I could see this being like 30 34-24, Lions have the ball late, driving for a, a backdoor cover, that kind of thing. Lions are the king of the backdoor covers. They're always feisty as a dog. I just I have a hard time seeing unless the Lions have some drastic Im- improvement on defense. They are just gonna get carved up in the secondary. Andy Reid with extra time to prepare. Mahomes, good weather, and the Lions will get their points too. So I would still play an over 54, this open 51 and a half, which was a bad, bad number. So um, I, I don't I don't even know that I, I I got a good chunk of over fifty-one and a half. I, usually I would play back and play for a middle. I don't even know if I'm gonna do that. I talk how, how good I feel about points in this game, especially you know, good weather, these offenses. Um, I, I just think we're gonna be we're gonna be looking at a track meet now. Week one, it's always a little look. You 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 think you know things, but you don't always know things. So I would still look at an over, maybe a Chiefs team total over. I I, w- I do think you'll get a seven because I think I don't know if you will get a seven and a half. These books are probably gonna want teaser protection. The Chiefs are gonna be a very popular teaser. I'll just tell you right now, Chiefs Washington. That's gonna be the the ultimate public teaser week one, fading the Cardinals and then back getting the Chiefs in a standalone game here. So for me, it would be over. I would lean towards the Lions plus the points just because hey, if you're down 13, 14 late, the Lions are, are going to play hard. They're going to call their timeouts. Like Campbell plays hard till the end, the final whistle. And there's a lot of backdoor potential here. So I, I would look, I lean lions and I like the over here.
0: All right, man. Uh great line value you have there. And uh no disagreement. I mean, I hope you hit the over because that's gonna make a really exciting Thursday night football game for the first uh game of the season so that would be wonderful uh you know it's funny Cardinals uh Commanders it's at minus seven when Colt McCoy got canned uh Josh Dobbs is the assumed quarterback I doubt it's Clayton Toon Dobbs did a pretty good job with Tennessee I thought it was more the team and the coaching myself but yeah. it's funny how that's this didn't move and I just think maybe a teaser leg because I do see this going to seven and a half so um, maybe you grab your teaser early if you think that, you know, you have to pass the seven and a half to have, for it to have value. But, you know, if you kind of know where the direction of the line is going to go and that's worked out for me in the past, you know, maybe you take it at seven. But um, it just depends what you're partnering with because there's a lot of questions for, like, Cleveland Browns and Cincinnati. Is Burrow really that healthy? If Burrow doesn't play, then you're going to wish you had that Browns uh, plus eight and a half on your teaser. Sure. But uh, situation here. Um, I, any quick thoughts on why you didn't move? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, they've been, I just don't know how much you can downgrade from, from McCoy, like McCoy's at the stage of his career where I guess it just doesn't matter that much. I mean, I have seen some seven and seven and a half pop up. I mean, can, can McCoy really be a point better than anybody? I guess to answer your question more directly, it's probably because Dobbs looked good standalone game against Jacksonville. He was respectable. Was it the Cowboys that game that Thursday night game too? So, so Dobbs has looked okay. Maybe that's why, but yeah. There's still some time left. Not everyone. look, you and I live this, we breathe it. There's not always, you know, the public isn't sitting there thinking about Washington, Arizona bets. So maybe, you know, we, we see another tick or two here before this game kicks off. My guess is we would. I wouldn't be
0: surprised maybe, if this close. Maybe if you and I quarterback for Arizona and move a half point. Yeah, you know, maybe 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 that yeah. would do it. All right. <laughs> Carolina versus Atlanta. This is three and a half. I I I mean Carolina has just looked so bad in the preseason. Yeah. Yet, yet Atlanta, we, we're we not, I'm not 100% sold on Ritter. It's kind of a good line for a first week. You know, I don't have much on that. Do you have anything or should we pass? Okay.
1: I mean, it's hard. There's a difference between being better and giving content. Like I played under, but that number's long gone. Directionally, I like an under because you got a rookie quarterback without a lot of speed, a lot of weapons at his disposal behind a bad offensive line. Atlanta's going to be a running team. So that clock's going to be running, running, running. It's just, man, what's it, 40, 40 and a half? when you could have had 43 that's tough to play i'd say if you like atlanta get it now because i wouldn't be surprised if four four and a half pop up atlanta is the darling of the summer all these people that are that are pretty sharp i'm not scoffing at it but there's a lot of sharp people that like atlanta carolinas look bad so i wouldn't be shocked if we got a four here i'd be tempted to play carolina at four four and a half because i think it's a division game it should be lower scoring i know how bad carolinas look but Starting to be a, a point here where I would actually look towards Carolina. I know oh. it's a, probably a contrarian play, but the, I, I lean towards the dog. Probably, I have a hard
0: time laying points in week one. I really do. Well, I also remember Carolina sticking it to New Orleans and beating them at in New Orleans that last game. There's still some players from that team. You know, it's not like we've seen them in preseason. So uh, right. you know, that they, they could do that again. Uh, yeah, I'm scared of this game. Uh, Browns-Bengals, this is just Joe Burrow contingent, in my opinion, but I would lean strongly to the bank- Browns. There's a good trend that uh, the home divisional dogs for game one are, uh, God, it's like 60% or something. It, it, it's a very nice number. I can't think it off the and Very of good, head. yes. And, uh, you know, I'm going to lean Browns, but that would be a great teaser piece as well, wouldn't it?
1: absolutely that's another situation where hey if you're if you're paying attention if you're working already hey you got you probably got browns plus three in your pocket because when that news broke you know a lot of people were tweeting out oh man this is so horrible the real bettors are, are firing in bets on Bengals under eleven and a half, browns plus three week one you name it so um look i i can certainly understand browns plus the points if nothing else like this is prep time loss for burrow even if he's completely healthy and that you hear these doctors be like hey there's a chance for re-injury um you know whether it's a calf, whether this could lead to an ACL, to me this would be Browns or nothing. Browns actually, remember that Monday night game? I think it was Halloween. It was Browns kicked their butts uh, mm-hmm. that that Monday night game. Cincinnati ended up not losing another game the rest of the regular season. But uh, this would be Browns or nothing. Great teaser, like.
0: All right, no, 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 excuse me. Let's let's uh, switch from the Texans Ravens. I really don't feel like talking about that one. Uh, uh-huh. uh, Jaguars Colts Colts four and a half on the Betfred odd screen. Total is 45. This is one that I, I you want to just be like, the Colts are going to suck. I think the Jaguars are substantially better than the Colts. I don't know if my number's that far, though, especially if you're giving two points to the Colts for home, uh, one and a half to two. This, this is one of those where the Jaguars should do it. But it's also a situation where it's week one and crazy things happen. This could be yeah. one where the Jaguars outgain them by 250 yards and win by three. This is the NFL. It's just that's that's just how bad it is to bet a divisional favorite in this situation on week one. So it, you know, my heart wants to go Jacksonville. My brain would bet the Colts if you hold the gun to my head, but I think it's a good line.
1: Yep, I would take the points. I think. Yeah, look, I had Jags at long tickets last year, division, make the playoffs. They were very good to me, but I think people are forgetting like Tennessee fell apart, had a million injuries. I mean, it took a strip sack, fumble return touchdown to beat Josh. You know, we mentioned Josh Dobbs, the aforementioned Dobbs. It took a strip sack return touchdown just to win that game for Jacksonville to get in the playoffs at home. So, and then the Chargers fell apart. I think Jackson, people got a little carried away with Jacksonville. Colts are going to be better coached. I mean, how could they not be? Steichen, I think will do a good job with Richardson, who I'm skeptical of, but Richardson, they'll, they'll, do RPOs. They'll do play action every third and fourth and one, you know, third and two. They're going to do that Philly tush push rugby rugby play that they didn't outlaw. So that's a huge key. Hey, when it's third and two, they're going to get it a lot of the time with a big athletic quarterback. That's going to take advantage of the rules. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, this would be into your pass for me again. Hate laying points in week one. So I'll take them here with Indy.
0: Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Um, next, we have the Niners Steelers. Another situation where we have a home team plus two and a half. The Niners, Coming, looks like Brock Purdy is most likely going to play here. Uh, but then again, he had a pretty easy schedule last year. Came off hurt. Now the pressure's on him. He's a starter now for sure. He won the starting position. Oh, man, I, I lean Steelers at two and a half. I'm sure. not sure if I'm going to get there, but I do lean them. And I think it's just another good teaser leg, Will.
1: Yeah, I don't know if there's three still out there. There have been threes popping up here and there. You know, it's funny. Open San Fran pick them. That may have been the right side. Pittsburgh plus three, that's probably right. I mean, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle there. Um, Look, again, we we mentioned don't take two and a half until you have to, so hopefully get a three, but nothing else. This is a good teaser like for Pitt. Uh, This this is sort of Pittsburgh's the opposite of Carolina where you you take away from the preseason is, hey, you don't want to get carried away, but you don't want to ignore it. Pittsburgh has looked outstanding. Pickett's looked good. Pickens has looked good. Tomlin is a a tough, old-school physical coach, so his teams are going to come into game one prepared. It's not like, hey, we – you know. This hasn't been uh we haven't taken the summer off here. They're hitting, they're practicing hard. I, I would see a close game here. I would it would be Pittsburgh or nothing for me.
0: Yeah, no disagreement. Pittsburgh or nothing. Let's move on to Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Minnesota's minus six. You know, this is gonna be a popular sharp survivor play because they're trying to avoid the ravens yet people are going to grab minnesota but at the same time i I don't don't trust minnesota's defense and this could be just one of those weird situations game one uh i I never say teams are due because they won a bunch of once one score games Uh, minnesota should take care of this but this is one that i probably want to completely stay away from and i'm not even sure if i uh like the under in this i almost would take the over 45 and a half
1: yeah, be a popular survivor, teaser, you name it. Uh, it's hard for me to lay six and a half here with this Minnesota defense. They figure they'd be a little better with Flores. They were so vanilla last year with Donatel. That's a good offense. Addison and Jefferson, and even, even though they lose Cook, I think they'll still be able to move the ball. Again, I've, I'm just allergic to laying points, especially this many points in week one. It, honestly, this is one where I, I probably lay it with Minnesota. They're so good at home, but I, I would look to play them in some fashion besides laying the six. If I had to, I think they can get him by a touchdown. Tampa might be one of the worst teams in the league. They, they might be picking in the top five here. So I'll be a little different. I don't want to just take the dog every game. I'll actually, I'll lay the points here tentatively.
0: <laughs> okay. Lay the points. Well, you know, I, Tampa's a, f- a fade type team for me too. I, I think they could be in the race for Caleb Williams at some point. They have a lot of old money there with Evans Oh, and it's going to Arizona. Arizona. It's be hard to outdo
1: Arizona. It's going to be hard to tank <laughs> them.
0: I know it's only it's making survivor kind of weird this year it's like everyone's just going right. to fade the other and they could be right you know it's just like jesus well you know let's move let's skip through uh the I, I have a play on the Titans Saints. Let's move to the Packers Chicago Bears. This is funny because the Bears kind of keep going down. They were minus three for a while, and I missed it. I wish I would have grabbed the Packers at plus three. Now it's plus one Me and two. a half, and I'm I'm upset with myself for missing it. But you know why? Bears have offensive line troubles. Fields hasn't looked that great still in the preseason. Missing receivers. while um, you, you just haven't seen a lot of them. He only comes out for a few plays, and. uh you know Jordan Love has played more, and he looks pretty good. And it's Matt LaFleur. I've got a better coach here with Matt LaFleur here. I think the Packers will be a sharp like uh, ATS play eventually here, still at one and a half.
1: Yep, better team. Packers are the better team. Give me the points. Fields, I mean, I, I don't understand the, the hype for fields for the Bears. This is still a bad offensive line, a bad defense. All right, DJ Moore is a nice little upgrade from what they had, but this is not exactly – you know, prime Calvin Johnson or Jerry Rice or, or whatever—he's a good player, but there's still a lot of holes on this team. This is a bottom ten defense in Chicago. Green Bay probably a slightly better team. I'll take the points with the better team.
0: All right. Well, let's skip over the Raiders, Broncos, Rams, Seahawks, and go to the. Let's go to the Eagles, Patriots here. I, I find this interesting because you have a home dog of three and a half. This was four and a half a little bit ago. Now it's down to three and a half. And I was kind of thinking, do I take the four and a half? But to be honest with you, my, the way my Power ratings are. I have the Patriots as a very average team, and I have the Eagles as one of the best teams, the two or three best teams, right? And so that's about a six point difference. Well, you give the the Patriots two points for a home field advantage, and here you are at the four. So I'm just like, well, my my power ratings line up. I I don't, even though it's just being the first game, I would take the Patriots if I had to. But if my number lines up, I probably don't want to mess with it.
1: Boy, this is one where, you know, you're just gonna feel silly either way because man, it just it looks too good to be true. Everyone, oh, Philly's much better than the Patriots, but you get Belichick with time to repair, a good defense at home with points. Uh it it'd probably be Patriots are nothing for me, but man, these rosters are are probably on different levels here, so This is a pretty easy pass for me. If I had to make a play on this game, I'd probably play under. Philly's going to run the ball a lot. New England's going to play close to the vest, low scoring, rely on their defense. So I'd go under here.
0: Cowboys-Giants, three and a half at home for the Giants. This is at minus 120 now at Betfred Sports. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I am not as high as the market is on the Cowboys, and I'm probably right in line with the Giants. But this makes it more of a plus two and a half game for me. I could see just Dayball backdooring this if he needed. But I also see McCarthy just being a bad road coach, possibly. I should look up his ATS on the road. I'm going to do that while you give me your thoughts real quick.
1: I'm down on the Giants. It would probably be Cowboys. I hate laying three and a half. I'd probably just swallow minus one what is it, minus 170 money line, something like that, minus yeah. 175.
0: Yeah, something like that. It's not the
1: worst thing in the world. You know what? We I've gotten beat so many times in my life, at the three and a half with that hook, that it's a nasty number to lay. I think Dallas is better. I may, Maybe split your bet with some of the three and a half, some of the money line so you don't lose it all, but – it would be Dallas. I'm down on the Giants team. I know I understand your concerns about a backdoor, about table. I understand all that, but it would be Dallas for me.
0: Yeah, I'm looking it up. Dallas as an away team is 19-6 and since 2019. Uh, as an away favorite, I'm going to pull that up real quick, just kind of see where Dallas is. Uh, so my inclinations are wrong. The, the Dallas is 12-8. and as an away favorite. So that's interesting, but you also have the divisional dog trend on the other side. So probably probably one that you either would, I would have to take the giants or pass. So I'm probably passing on this one uh, as well. And finally, let's go to the big Monday nighter: the Buffalo bills at the New York jets. And this kind of line has been bouncing around itself. Uh, It's sitting pretty right now at plus two and a half with the jets. The total is 46 and a half. There's going to be a lot of talk in this game. It's going to be a lot of media around Demar Hamlin, uh, you got Aaron Rodgers. obviously he's just going to be a big media. This is a very exciting Monday night game. I must say that I think the, the league did made a smart decision to make this a Monday night. Now I kind of hope the jets win. Uh, Tony George was talking to me last night. He said he, cause he wants to take the Cowboys against the jets next week. And so that kind of makes some sense to me too. But, uh, I, I can see the jets pulling this one off, man. I, I, I doubt it hits a three. It's probably going to sit here at two and a half. If anything, it hits a juice three, but what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Yep, it opened three. Those got gobbled up very quickly. Pinging back, what are we looking at? Two and a half now. It, it will be Jets for me. I mean, I mentioned earlier in the show they're so good on defense last year is like anything they get from Rodgers will be a massive upgrade. There's skill players everywhere. But that, one of the more, maybe the most popular combo, combo, like, uh, hookup combination in the league is going to be Rodgers to Garrett Wilson. That is going to be just dynamite to watch. Uh, so, I'm excited for it. It would be Jets for me. That building's going to be fired up. They haven't had a good team in forever. I think it's this game is on 9 11. So, in New York on 9 it 11, it's going to be a wild crowd on Monday night. Give me the JETS, 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 Jets.
0: Woo, 9 11. I didn't even think of that angle. Well, there you go, man. I almost I think Buffalo's getting a little tired. And, um, you know, they lost some pretty good guys, Trey Edmonds on defense. Um, you know, Diggs is getting. No Miller little, for the first four. Right, right. And D- Diggs is getting a little long in the tooth himself, too, hitting the 30 years old. So, uh, yeah, man. Uh, they also lost Singletary. Now, they, I know White's pretty good, but it's like you had this guy that's just been there and knows the plays and everything and he's the running back. I can see them fumbling the ball. Ooh, this is going to be fun. Uh, definitely a teaser leg plus two and a half. you kidding me? This is gonna yep. be one, maybe the most popular teaser leg of the whole week, but uh, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, Will, it was a ton of fun to have you on, man. Always love talking to you some football. We're definitely going to be reaching out to you more during the year to talk some football. Where could our listeners get your great information and media?
1: Yes, I'm on VSIN a few times a week. So check that out. Gold Boys Discord, twitch.tv slash Gold Boys Network, one Eastern. And I will be joining Chris Felica's podcast every week uh, Bears Bets podcast um, on Fox. So listen to that. I will be contributing to that. Very excited. That announcement was just made today. So wow. the first one is up tomorrow morning. So. Fun time of the year. Appreciate you having me. It was fun catching up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was a blast. And congratulations about that. Uh, that's amazing. It's going to be fun. You're going to be on Fox. Is that going to be weekly? Uh, uh, I just missed that last part. Weekly? It will be, it will be weekly, yep. Okay, wonderful. I'm excited. Tune into that. Check out Will Hill still at VEASAN and on the Gold Boys Discord. Will, it's a pleasure as usual. We'll be talking soon. Sounds good. Now it is time for The sharp Side of the Force. The sharp Side of the Force is brought to you by Betfred Sports. For a $250 deposit bonus, please visit Betfred. Use the promo code ODDS23. All right, let's move on to some sharp college football week one money. And next week, we're going to be including NFL as usual throughout the rest of the season. Sharp money on UConn, plus 16.5, down to plus 14 hosting nc state 62 percent of the tickets and 84 percent of the money sharp man, nebraska plus seven and a half to plus seven at minnesota 58 percent of the tickets and 82 percent of the money sharp man central michigan plus 15 to plus 14 at michigan state 75 percent of the tickets and 91 percent of the money sharp man south florida plus 14 to plus 11.5 at western kentucky 44 percent of the tickets and 94 percent of the money that's a that's a number grab right there i, I disagree with that uh colorado state plus 16 to plus not 11 and hosting washington state 69% of the tickets and 94% of the money. All right, sharp totals, and I give you five each. Uh, there are mainly unders throughout this whole thing, just to let you know. Some are buybacks. There's some money coming back on Washington as well. I don't mention that one, but the Washington-Boise State games going back over. But Kent State versus UCF under 60 to 55.5, 79% of the tickets and 93% of the money. Sharp Money on Florida versus Utah under 51.5 to 44, 39% of the tickets and 72% of the money. Sharp Money on Fresno State versus Purdue under 54.5 to 47.5, 61% of the tickets and 89% of the money. Sharp Money on UMass versus Auburn under 57 to 52.5, 24% of the tickets. And 48% of the money, on Virginia versus Tennessee, over 54.5 to 56.5, 79% of the tickets and 96% of the money. And as I mentioned earlier, Washington is creeping back up. The total started at 60, then it went down past 57, and now it's back up to 58.5. And the money is 43% of the tickets on the over, but 97% of the money is on the over so that's one of the few overs as well just like tennessee uh texas is kind of holding at 59 and a half but most of the money is kind of coming on the over as well my friends thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you have any questions for our monday mailbag feel free to tweet us at the Ozbreakers, email us at info at theozbreakers.com have a great weekend enjoy all the games and go get some winners